Great news for Informed Pregnancy Plus subscribers. Dive into our Core Connection course included with your subscription. Hosted by Natalie Headings, a pre- and postnatal exercise specialist and ACSM certified personal trainer, she's an incredible teacher. This five-video series equips you with essential insights to understand what your pelvic floor and core are, how they work, and how to enhance pelvic floor and core strength and proper function during and after your pregnancy and birth. Learn about pelvic floor basics, key postural adjustments, effective muscle releases, and breathing techniques for a healthier core and floor. Don't wait. Visit informedpregnancy.tv and get started with the invaluable core connection today. Welcome to the Informed Pregnancy and Parenting Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin, and I'm joined by three guests today. Dr. Allison Hill has been a board-certified obstetrician-gynecologist since 2000 and has authored the fascinating book, Your Pregnancy, Your Way, Everything You Need to Know About Natural Pregnancy and Childbirth, which we covered extensively in a previous episode. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Bliss Young supports families on their parenthood journey as a home birth midwife and childbirth educator, placenta encapsulator, and a natural birth and family consultant. I have the honor and privilege of working with Bliss on our team at Berlin Wellness Group. And after her birth, one of our clients recently referred to us as the dynamic duo of labor support, in which case I am definitely Robin to your Batman, and everyone agrees that you look better in tights. <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. Ashley Williams Dodson, affectionately known to me as Smashley, is a wife, mother of two, and film and TV actor, and she's also a trained labor support doula. She has appeared on two of my favorite TV shows, As the World Turns. Oh, the mm-hmm. truth comes out. <laughs> I'm a big fan. And the Jim Gaffigan Show. And we randomly met for a second at a taping of Good Morning Miami back in 2004. <laughs> I always forget that. You do? <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget that. Oh, even with the, the face blindness, you remember that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's weird. I've been to three sitcom tapings in my life. At one of them, Good Morning Miami, yeah. I met you first, second, because my wife uh, went to use the restroom, and we walked by, and you're like, oh, hi. You're just, I just stopped you and said hi? You were just, Why did I do that? Oh, she was, I think she was waiting to <laughs> go somewhere, and, uh, and she smiled, and you said hi. I don't know why. Well, that's funny. Yeah, and I was like, wow. Was like surprisingly friendly of me for the time, which... Well, I was I was thinking the same the thing. Time. I was like, that's one of the actors. She's, that's really right. cool. She said hi to you. That's funny. And then I forgot all about it. Okay, then we went to a taping of Quintuplets. I wasn't there. You were not there, but you know who was there and in it? Sarah Wright Olson. No way. Yeah. Now it all is coming full circle. Who also later became a doula. Yep. And I also met later in like real life. And the last one that we went to was in the last season of Frasier. And I just heard that Kelsey Grammer is becoming a doula. That's not true at all. <laughs> I was like, wow. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about a lot of things. But I will say this. One thing is that I was just out of birth maybe two weeks ago. 
and Jim Gaffigan was there. He was on, they were watching. We, I put it on because she could not relax. <gasps> and, and did she start laughing? She, we were dying laughing. We put on. What bit was it? Mr. Universe, which starts off with his home birth. You know, if you want to know what it's like to have four kids, just picture yourself Five, drowning. Yeah. Five? Oh, well, four at the oh. time. Yeah. Uh, and then someone hands you a baby. A baby. Yeah. Okay. It was just perfect. I mean, it totally helped her uh, get in the zone. His wife told me a funny story from their first home birth, which was not a planned home birth. Um, actually, well, whatever. Their first home birth, basically, they they started realizing they were going to have the baby really soon. And they, she and the midwife went into the bathroom and when, and he said, what can I do to prepare? And they said, just sort of put, put some sort of cover over the couch and a couple of other things. And he said, okay. And they came back in like 10 minutes later and he had covered everything in saran wrap, (laughs) like everything, like pictures and chairs and (laughs) everything. Oh, that's funny. Uh, So you have two kids. Yeah. You almost say that like you don't really believe it. Like, I don't. Oh, thanks for reminding me. I totally don't. I'm holding one of them in my arms, which you can't see. You're holding this is one a in your arms. And um, the other one's watching Winnie the Pooh right on the floor. Right behind me watching Pooh. <laughs> um, it's amazing. You travel everywhere. And um, and you just came from an audition with your whole family, um, dragging along with you. So I want to just talk a little bit about you. Like, where did you come from? And, and how... When did you come to LA? When did you get into uh, acting and oh dear, and how did that deep, huh? somehow become this a... This is so Mark Maron of you. Thank you. Um, I am from New York. Mm-hmm. I um, You grew was... up in New York? Yeah. Because you have no New York. No, because I went to theater school and they drilled that out of me. You have to wash me. it out. Yeah, no, I have like a... Yeah. I have sort of the perfect middle, like American no accent. accent. Yeah. yeah. Um, Standard American, I guess it's called. Whatever. So went to school in Boston, um, and then another I, accent-rich city. Right. Oh God, such a good accent. And then I went to New York, and um, I did a play, and decided to come out here for pilot season, and then I stayed. And I came out here, and I booked a pilot, and the pilot got picked up, and then I stayed for thirteen years. Um, so you studied theater before that in Boston? I went to theater school in Boston. Yeah, mm. I went to Boston University. And um, uh, yeah, and then I graduated, did a summer at Williamstown, went to New York, did a play, came out here, did a pilot, and then it was Good, Good Morning Miami, and that's when I met you. And, and then everything changed began. for the better. Yeah, you're really <laughs> Well, that's good in a nutshell. Um, did you? So, where in there? Because oh, when did I become a doula? Because yeah, when I mm-hmm. met you, I think you were already a doula. I was, yeah. When I, I met you in real life, not I was good morning. right. I was dropped uh, drop by my agent um, when I had a bad year as an actor, which happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had wanted to have a baby, but I wasn't ready. I had met Neil, who's my husband, but I just wasn't there yet. I wasn't feeling it quite yet, and. And then I actually attended my sister's birth by accident. She, I went to go visit her and hang out with her, and uh, her water broke one night. And so what began was a very long, um, sort of, as they say, cascade of interventions at the hospital because I didn't know anything. And her water broke, and I, we started screaming, and we got in the car and raced to the hospital. And, was you know, she towards the end? Yeah, she was like 
five days before her due date oh, or okay. something. So it was yeah. like very plausible that that might happen. Totally, totally. Mm. But it was really fun, and I was so excited. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm going to be here for this. This is amazing, and and um, and I was really uh, surprised by hospital policy when it came to interventions. And um, she was very happy with her birth. Um, and uh, so that's the most important thing. But I was startled by it, by a lot of what I saw. And um, I came home and announced to my husband that I was never going to have a kid. Oh, <laughs> he said, well, that's th- no, I'm, I want to. And he was actually the one that said, you know, there are these these um, birth assistants that you can hire to advocate advocate for you in the hospital and um that was really the first time I started researching it right around then business being born had come out and um and I immediately watched that and then I sort of was on the train you know um and my best friend is a midwife in San Francisco one of my best friends um your other best friend well but other than you and the two of you um so Gus thought that was funny Gus is oh no it's Winnie the Pooh (laughs) (laughs) so um so then I I started um I think I actually had an easier time becoming certified as a doula than somebody who starts now because it wasn't sort of like as hip at the time um and I I wrote a letter to like 15 doulas in LA like you know, top of the line doulas, and and just asked if I could be um, their assistant, and and you know, just if they would mentor birth? me. Oh. Yeah, and um, and none of them responded except for <laughs> Tracy Hartley. Oh, she's the best mentor. Yeah, um, she said, "Well, let's have coffee," and we sat down and we both so we started LA. talking right away about dog training. What? So LA. Let's, so LA. Let's, let's, go, have let's have coffee. Yeah, and um, talk about dog training. We totally hit it off. We both. Are obsessed with training dogs, which was another whole life I had. And um, she said, "Well, you know, I have my legs been hurting recently, so um, I could really. It's I'm having trouble doing long births, so I could really use your help." And um, and so I attended like 13 births with her. Wow. Um, yeah, and we worked really well together. I actually attended a birth where Dr. Hill was our um, OB. And I know um, that client. Yeah, great client. Really cool birth. That was a really cool birth. Um, but it was really fun. I got to – I learned so much. But you um, also obviously. then must have gotten to see birth from another angle than, like, your sister's experience. Well, yeah. Yeah. That was amazing, especially with, with doctors like Dr. Hill around yeah. who really, I think, work hard to create options. So let's pause and, for a second yeah. because um, we Bliss is – gone through a, a kind of a really fascinating transformation. And Dr. Hill, you must also, because when you trained as an OBGYN, I mean, did you see the business of being born? Yes. But I, I didn't see it right when it first came out. Like, it, it had been out for a little while before I watched it. So as a practicing OB, like, how do, how do you react to that film? Well, when I first saw it, which time. was, yeah, uh, was a while ago, you know, I was still... You know, we're we're trained in such a uniform way across the country that um, I mean, we're really we're kind of trained to put down home birth. You know, I mean, we're in fact we're we're told <laughs> by the American College of OBGYN that we should tell our patients not to do it. You know, and that's still the case. Right. And so, I didn't know that. yeah. And so there's, um, you know, so there's always a bias. You know, so that when it first came out. 
you know, I, w- I was kind of defensive, you know, about it. Um, but that's what I'd expect. Yeah. Home birth aside, they're making the case that hospital birth is prone to going this way. Right. You're going to get interventions whether you need them or not, whether you want them or not. Right. And And so I was very kind of defensive about it and very like – well, that is because sometimes things go wrong and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I will say, like, the longer that I did it, the more real that actually became. I mean, I, I saw it from the other side after a while. But it took a long time. Like, I would say I was in practice for at least 10 years before I could see the downside to what I had been taught. Like, mm-hmm. it took that long to kind of to see through it. it. I think it's hard when you have new technology and innovation in healthcare in particular you want to sort of use it. You, it it's exciting. It's like yeah. a new app. And well, it's like, you wow, really, we, we I mean, can do this now. You really have the best intentions. You yeah. know, I mean, the truth is I think OBs want everybody's baby to be born healthy. I mean, that's like that truly is everybody's goal right. in the long run. It's just that, that they forget that there are negative consequences to some of the things that we do. And it's hard for people to admit that when it's been, you know, we've kind of been programmed that way for so many years. Um, I mean, continuous fetal monitoring to me is probably the biggest example of that Hmm. in that, you know, that was a technology that people thought this is going to save babies' lives. This is going to decrease cerebral palsy rates. This is going to decrease the risks of, you know, brain damage. And um, everybody was so excited about it that nobody thought of the other side, and as it turns out, the risks of cerebral palsy and brain damage are exactly the same as they were before they we started doing down. continuous fetal monitoring. Right. And not, I'm not talking about intermittent monitoring. I'm talking about continuous monitoring. Mm. Throughout um, the entire Throughout the labor. entire thing. But nobody – but when, the, when those first studies came out, of which one of my professors at the county hospital was one of the inventors of that technology. Oh, wow. And so um, – Dr. Richard Paul, who's this amazing obstetrician, but that was like such a huge innovation and everybody just got on board and we're going to save all these babies. And nobody, nobody, it didn't even dawn on anybody at the time. Like, well, what if we actually do all of this? And then we end up having C-sections for everybody. (laughs) So I think a quick study of obstetric history over the past century is that something new comes out, everybody jumps on really quick. But even when we realize that there, yeah, there's a problem or... We need to use that sparingly. It doesn't shift back very It doesn't quickly. shift back at all. And I mean, and American College of OBGYN says blatantly that continuous electronic fetal monitoring does not improve outcomes, but we do it anyway. I mean, they, it. you know, and so. Is the reason that they do it anyway because insurance companies dictate a lot of it and it's it not helps so much them in, It's not so much in, insurance companies as it is the doctor is afraid. We, we have, right? we've been made really afraid mm-hmm. that if you don't jump on every little idiosyncrasy, um, and there's the, evidence of it, and then you've got this document, then mm-hmm. um, then you there's have no way well, to stand on. You should on. want it the other way because well, that yeah, little strip is evidence of everything. But, I know. But what happens is, I think in malpractice, you're always looked at as, did you do everything you could have done? Mm-hmm. Even if were doing there any more, signs of danger? Well, even if doing if more done doesn't th- really help, and sometimes doing more actually intervening could could. Go the other way, do more harm. Right, but you they just still have no- look like. Did you do everything you could right. have done? Right, because you and just. Then it, and I always say, the like, prosecution can say you could have done this, right, and mm-hmm. you didn't do it, and you could say all day, but that doesn't do anything, mm-hmm. and they don't care. Right. Like you, so I mean, you can always you're rewarded for doing more. You can always, if you don't do a C-section, you can be faulted. Right, and if you do. You're probably fine, and, and the problem is that sure. we'll, we'll never know what the outcome would have been if right. you would have 
went the other way. I think <laughs> so a simple example is so. just going past the due date. Yeah. So if you do a cesarean just because someone went past the due date with no other indicators and something goes wrong, you're still going to be okay because you can make the case she went past. She was late. Right. And we tried to save her, and this is an, an, a normal consequence of doing a cesarean. But if she goes past her due date, which is not an indication by itself for cesarean, and don't do one, and something goes wrong, then they can come and say, you could have helped this person. You could have induced her or you could have done a cesarean with her. Right. And then, Bliss, you kind of went through this transformation from, like, uh, through your own births, but then also from becoming the business partner in a birthing center to saying, hell, i got to get in in on this or something (laughs) like that. Or out of it. Well, in on the birthing side instead of the business side. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it took me a long time to get. Out of the business of being born <laughs> and into the birthing. And into the room where yeah. all the magic happens. And the first time I caught a baby, I thought, God, what took me so long? So mm. really? I really love it. Wow. Yeah, it's really a beautiful experience. Well, you're the Batman to my Robin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. So, Ashley, when you, with that kind of experience, when you get pregnant yourself, like now you have a lot of stuff to bring into your own pregnancy and birth. Yeah. Um yeah, it, it, interesting what knowledge does um, when it's time when it's your turn, um, because I was um, a lot more scared, I think, than the average bear to give birth, um, because I'd seen I'd seen a lot go down, and I'd seen um, a lot of condescension from OBs, you know, um, and I was I was too scared to go to a hospital. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I'd attended 52 births. And, oh, wow. Um, yeah, and I, I, uh, I just had seen across, you know, across the line, there were some incredible OBs. Um, and then there were a lot of scary nurses I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to, to talk to me that way and and hospital policy that freaked me out. And, um, and it was just undeniable that a home birth was, was for me. Um, what's happening? I'm just taking a picture. Why? It is so cute, that little thing on your, yeah, your little, little sweet thing. little baby there. Little thing. That He's little thing. He's pretty cute, right? He's so cute. He's so cute. cute guy. Sorry, I, really I was like distracted. Him. You were saying something meaningful, and I'm just looking yeah, at his sweet like, little cheeks. <laughs> we're documenting. I'm going to eat those cheeks. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, um, and my husband, luckily, was totally on board. and um, For having a home birth? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we, we, you know, I think I also in my, at that point I'd been a doula for seven years and I'd been sort of collecting resources, you know, so I knew exactly who I wanted to be my midwife. I knew exactly who I wanted my doula to be. I knew I wanted you there. I knew I wanted Crane to back us up. I knew I wanted Fishbine on the line. Um, I think it was years before you got pregnant and you were like... I was like, here's my plan. Yeah. <laughs> even for me, I don't even think I was really going to birth at that time. You're like, yeah, I, I was think like, you're I gonna, think I want you to you're come. You're going to come do a couple of I hours of that. massage I said, I'm going to have a big pot of soup <laughs> and I just want people to come by and have food and you can adjust me and you yeah. know I wanted yeah my dog's there and I just yeah that was great for me because I love soup <laughs> you do yeah. that was what I thought of you I love that idea yeah that's, that's amazing yeah um so and then and then when it got, came down to it it was that was we had what we called the Avengers of birth teams um oh. just like the, all the these best. different <laughs> yeah. yeah all these different roles um <laughs> so the yeah how did your labor start 
Uh, my water broke. Oh. Yeah. It just weird. runs in the family. It does. Mm. And it happened for me both times. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was like 730 at night. We were picking out decals for the nursery. And uh, I was in child's pose on the bed. And I just That's felt appropriate. A, I felt a poof. Yeah, right. I <laughs> felt like a poof. And uh, when I stood up, all this water started coming out and... Um, my husband and I just started screaming, and we ran into the bathroom because I was like, look, new carpet. We just got from the nursery. <laughs> and uh, we just started screaming and laughing, and then I'd laugh, and more water would come out, and then we started making out, and then more water came out, and it was just everything you want, you know, just crying and laughing and making out, Aww. and just amniotic fluid everywhere. It was awesome. <laughs> it was I love awesome. That. And then um, we texted my midwives and my doula, and uh, the midwives happened to have been really close by. And I was starving. So um, I immediately threw threw some acorn squash into the oven, and the midwives were on their way over, and I just wanted all my clothes off. So I just put my – I put on, like, a sports bra and this pair of underwear that said um, under construction, <laughs> which was not – it was a coincidence that the underwear said that. But it turned that? out later, no. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, and then there was so much amniotic fluid that we took a Chuck's pad and we put it – basically coming up the front of my underwear and up the back of my underwear and I was in a sports bra and then the um, acorn squash started burning and so I open up the oven and all this smoke starts billowing out and right then the doorbell rings and it's my midwives and (laughs) they just I I open the door and was like we're here (laughs) it's happening that's an awesome visual yeah (laughs) there's just smoke everywhere I mean everywhere you could not get it out because we've been smoking for a long time and we were watching Top Chef or something. Anyway, so then they, you know, confirmed that the, you know, water had broken. And um, are you having contractions then? No, no. I was sort of crampy, but yeah. no. So uh, you know, and then I looked at my husband and I said, "Okay, we're a little in for it. Like this isn't ideal. It's now, you know, ten o'clock at night, and you know, um, I'm tired. We've been going all day, so we got to go to bed." And and uh, and I started feeling contractions, but I didn't want to tell anybody. And then Sherry went to your house to sleep over. Oh, Remember right. That? Your doula came my to my doula house. My doula came came to Dr. Berlin's house to sleep on his couch but didn't tell me because she, she had a feeling to... it was going to happen. Exactly. And I didn't want to tell anybody I was feeling contractions because I was – my biggest fear was prodromal labor. And so I was like, well, I'm going to psych myself out. And so I was like, I'm just going to pretend it's not happening. Prodromal labor is just where you sort of feel like you're in labor but it's not progressing. And right. And it can go on for days. And for days and days. And that was my suck. biggest fear because I'd seen that with so many clients. Mm. So, I would um, say it's doing something, though. What? Well, it's not doing what you're hoping it'll do. It's, What's it doing? What are you saying it's, it's doing? It's preparing the cervix to open. It's softening. It's shortening. It's sure. doing but something. But sometimes it's, it's just super, not super painful for people. Mm-hmm. And, and long. Then it, and long. Yep. And then it's like three right. days of, of really intolerable pain. Yeah. It's and not I really dilating that. the cervix. It can, but slowly. Or it can so. be... Or it can be but, effacing. But you, or... it looks like I've never experienced it. It looks like the pattern looks like it should be mm-hmm. dilating the cervix. And you assume mm-hmm. kind of like it is. But then, you know, 35 hours later, you're exactly. not really dilating. And if you're sort of measuring in your head, which I tend to do naturally. No kidding. You're going, at this point, I must be seven. And then you get to the hospital and you're not dilated at all. Right. And that sounded like a nightmare to me. So I just decided to lie to everybody and tell them that I wasn't having contractions. Well, uh, Sherry saw through you, and I live right near you, so (laughs) she stayed up, and she she lives far. And it was smart, because at about 2.30 in the morning, I said, I need Sherry. I sort of squawked it out. 
um, and she came, and I don't really uh, remember the labor until the sun came up, and then I remember what happened, which was um, all the midwives got there, and it was so fun, you know? <laughs> um, you had a fun team. Oh, my God. It was so fun. I mean, there was a point where they just busted out into dance party. We were all dancing and laughing. And Crazy God. dance party. This I mean, like I the was, best birth ever. It was. It was great. <laughs> and was and great. Um, I remember your your dog was on the treadmill. My dog was on the treadmill. <laughs> well, Phil was my, is my dog. And Phil has some um, emotional issues that really come out if he doesn't exercise, which, funnily <laughs> enough, is the same thing with me. So... Uh, we ha- we put him on the treadmill every morning for ninety minutes um, on an incline, and uh, and then he becomes a sane dog. So we had to put him on the treadmill during my labor too. So everyone's dancing. Phil's on the treadmill. So fun. <laughs> Music is blaring. So fun. And then I said, you know, I really want to know where I am, you know, because I because if I'm if this is prodromal, and I'm one centimeter, I got to go get an epidural. And uh, Beth said, fair enough, let's check you. And I was nine. And then it got even more fun. <laughs> um, and uh, really soon I was 10. And um, and I said, yeah, 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 I have the urge to push, which I kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. But I was just so excited. You wanted to. We were having yeah, so yeah. much fun. And I just was like, yeah, 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 I can poop. Let's go. <laughs> and, um, and then I started pushing. And then I pushed for six hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, left, um, I feel like I left maybe two hours into that or did. something like that. And well, I thought, you did was really helpful. That was all really helpful, too. Like, we were making progress. It was just not fast progress. Yeah. You had a, this weird pain on the inside of your leg with every I contraction. I did. I still remember that. I remember I missed one of them. Because afterwards, you were like, so get in there and release well, I that. I wanted you to dig at it with a spoon. With like Do you a, remember? You, I was like, well, get yes. a spoon. <laughs> I was, and I was I'm a pretty big cramp. guy. I was really in there. And, and I was you're like, like, you're not. Committing. Yeah. Commit. Commit. And then, and then I had a pee, so I missed one. And you're like, where are you? What? And, yeah, yeah. what's well, not about you? But what also was sort of beautiful that I saw your birth. and it's spitting okay. up everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, he's reliving the story. He yes. said, I really felt like I had to poop. Yeah, and totally. Right on cue. He's just a delight. Uh, what I thought was really beautiful was the music. The yes. music. You had... The most wordy music ever. Yeah, and I knew all the and lyrics. And you knew all the lyrics. Yeah. And you would just close your eyes and your mouth was just like right through the contraptions. Yeah. You were just doing the lyrics and totally into it. And Neil was DJing. Yeah. yeah. It was it was it was really cool how you used that music to just meditate and, and leave your leave your body and let it let her do what she needed. I to worked do. hard on curating the, the playlist. That was important to me because I feel like it was a lot of songs from my past and I feel like I'd been preparing for my birth. Like um, ardently, is that the right use of that? Like I'd been very s- serious about it for years, and sort of bringing back all these memories. It really helped me. Really helped. That's a great idea. Yeah, it was I great. I mean, I'm always amazed in the hospital. Like people will have on, like Judge Judy in the background. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, With really? An this is then? sometimes or not. Or you know, soon or, enough or some after terrible yeah. show is right. on TV, and I'm like. What are we doing here? Yeah. You know, I mean, the idea of kind of like making your own soundtrack to mm-hmm. it and like thinking about that ahead of time, almost so that it can cue you to yeah. certain emotions and mm-hmm. relaxation. That's, exactly that's what it, it looked like. That's mm-hmm. what and it that's looked like. really a great thing it to was do. So cool. Thanks, Doctor. Yeah. Hill. I'm glad you like my idea. <laughs> I like that idea more than Judge Judy. 
And I was always amazed. I'm like, turn that off. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, oh. or Montel no Williams. Or no like, one so- should be judging in this room. Yeah. That's right. No, Don't judge me. Jerry Springer. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, right. please. Can we? <laughs> we just did one and it was back-to-back episodes of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Oh my gosh. Ooh, see, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no judgment. You know what? Whatever works. Yeah. <laughs> if that's your happy place, then go sure, to it. Sure. <laughs> so six hours of pushing. Yeah. And so after lot. about. Is that a lot? I know you guys. That's a lot. That's. That's, That's a lot. lot. I mean, that usually wouldn't happen in a hospital because somebody would throw in the towel. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because. Is the, there a policy on that? Well, the hard tones, I will say, the hard tones were perfect the entire right. time, which was a factor for me. Mm-hmm. There isn't a policy by the hospital. Okay. But, you know, again, if you go back to the ACOG guidelines, yeah. it's, you know, three hours kind of max, and doctors start getting really scared at that point. After three. After yeah. two sometimes, mm-hmm. yeah. depending on the situation. And mm-hmm. they're afraid that if they keep going and the person has a shoulder dystocia mm-hmm. or hemorrhage. Yeah, there is, there's no grounds to support what they did. Mm-hmm. None. Mm-hmm. And if, that, if the child is injured or something, you know, mm-hmm. we're, just, we're so afraid of it's it. It's a fear. It is a, a fear. huge fear. Mm-hmm. Shoulder dystocia is one of the biggest fears. Well, interesting and that you mentioned Funnily that. enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So three and a half hours in, I said, how are we doing? And they said, listen, heart tones are good. If you feel okay, we're comfortable. You're making progress, but it's slow. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let me take a nap. Let me just kind of breathe through and just lie there and take a nap. We called my one of my best friends in San Francisco, and uh, I checked in. I said, am I crazy? Three and a half hours of pushing, you know. And she said, I think you should rest. I think you should probably eat. I think you should probably take a break. Like, take a little break and see if, you know. And I fell asleep for 30 minutes. Mm. And when I woke up, I was like, I want to get in the shower, which I hadn't wanted to do. And I got in the shower and I started talking to Gus. And at that point, I could reach my fingers inside of me and feel his head. About It was about there on my um, Which and is I, about an inch if you're not right. in the room with us right now. <laughs> and I started rubbing Gus's head. And I said, Gus, this whole pregnancy has been so fun. It's been such a party. And I can't wait for you to get here. Um, but it isn't fun right now. And I need you to get serious. And I said, there's this bone right here. And I sort of touched my pubic bone and touched his head again. And I said, I need you to dive under this bone. Um, and I need you to do it, like, right now. Like, we need to, we need to go right now. And, um, and I suddenly had a really, really intense contraction that brought me to my knees. And it was my first kind of pushy contraction. And I felt him go, Goom. like, I felt like a, like a moment. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And I... I look up and my husband, both of his hands are against the glass in the shower and he's just weeping. <laughs> he's like, I love you, I love you. And I was like, let's do this. And I jumped out of the shower and went into the living room and I was like, get that music on, on the speakers, because it had been on these like little piddly speakers in the bedroom. I was like, let's, you know, and that's when I started like really engaging and really sort of committing in a whole new way. And... And then I think I pushed for another hour. Sorry, guys. Um, I had a band. Do you know what that means? It's like a very mm-hmm. thick oh, a cervical sort of band? cervical band. What um, does that mean? 
What is that? Yeah, I mean, it basically just is that there's uh, was it? I'm sorry, was it a vaginal? I yeah. Was oh yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's, it's basically a vaginal, like part of the vaginal muscle that yeah. just won't give. Right. Like it won't. Is that Neil? It just no. won't totally stretch. Come in. <laughs> um, so it's just this tight. Right. Hasn't given way yet. Yeah, it hasn't given. It just like it's just mm-hmm. stubborn, more resistant. So you have a vaginal band. <laughs> Which does sound like a whole bunch of people playing instruments. What kind of band I want to be in? Um, yeah, um, which which yeah is um, uh, sort of like a thick um, area that's ha- it was hard for the baby to push through. Yeah. So you know, I I also when I had I went to Bangladesh a couple of years ago and I assisted midwives or I assisted doctors there. Um, and they do – they're very, very liberal with their episiotomies. And I was super traumatized by the amount of episiotomies I saw when I was there. And that was my second biggest fear. Um, but I – you know, they were like, you have this band. And, you know, I said, well, do you need to cut it? She said, we could cut it or we could pull it. And um, so basically we had – we had – I had three midwives. Um, and each one of them had a finger inside of me. One pulling to the side, one pulling to the other side, one pulling down, and me pulling up. And that's when Gus crowned. Um, And we got his head out, and then his shoulders got stuck. On the band? Mm, I don't know. I, probably not. Probably not. Yeah, because they're they're a lot further up. I in think there. the band was blown at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So on your bones, then? I think. Yeah, that's the usually where shoulder was... dystocia is. Is on the on the bones. Like on the pubic bone? Yeah, can be. Mm-hmm. There's different ways. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, How soon after the head comes out do we expect the shoulders to come out? Well, there was this thing he started doing that they think they called the turtle um, turtle sign, uh, which is that the heads. D- starts to descend and then goes back in and then starts to descend and goes back in and he started doing that. Okay. So immediately Beth had me stand up um, and uh, she said, push. We said that she started, my husband was like, that was when Beth started parkouring all over the room because none of us had any idea what was happening. I didn't know anything was scary, but Beth said, actually, I need you to push really hard. And I stood up and I pushed and he didn't come out. And then I went on to all fours um, and I pushed really hard and he didn't come out. And then she flipped me onto my back and I pushed and he didn't come out. And then she reached in to try to get him and she couldn't get him. So then Julie um, Anderson reached in and tried again and she pulled him out. Hmm. Um, and then he At this was point here. you still don't know anything's wrong? Not really. I was pretty out of it. Yeah, it was a long <laughs> it was, was a long yeah. ride up kind until of in then. a trance too yeah. when you're at that stage of labor the hormones are really at their peak and it, there's a lot of that women don't remember it right around that time. I knew about so. dystocia but I'd never mm-hmm. seen one. Mm-hmm. Um I had seen babies in shock before. Um so that I knew exactly what to do. Mm-hmm. Um you know and uh so it took him a minute to catch his breath. Um, or to get his first breath, and that was uh, scary. But then he did, um, and everything was totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't actually traumatized in the moment by 
I with fear. I was I think it was just like any other incredible first moments with your newborn, you know, where he was on my chest and oxytocin was flowing and we were all cheering and crying and you know, talking to him and I started telling him, we're going to go to New York. I'm on the Jim Gaffigan show and we're not going to circumcise you. Don't worry. And your name is Gus and we're adventurers. And, you know, it was it was awesome. Sounds blissful. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was. It was great. Um, um, all right. Yeah. You brought up Distosha and Dr. Hill brought up Distosha. I want to take a, a break for just a, a minute and come back and talk a l- uh, more about what Distosha is mm-hmm. and and um, what what you do when it happens or if it can be prevented, things like that. Um, come back and join us in just a moment. And in the meantime, take a second to visit our series on The Real Midwives of Los Angeles, which you can find at therealmidwives.com. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Bomb not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash. Welcome back to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Elliot Berlin. I'm here with our guests, Ashley Williams, Dr. <laughs> Allison Hill, and midwife Bliss Young. So, Ashley, towards the end of your uh, sort of epic birth journey, um, things went a little interesting. First of all, the squash burned. The squash burned. <laughs> delicious once Which... we scraped off the char. <laughs> but uh, then also you pushed for what most people, I think, would consider a lengthy push of six hours, and then after your baby's head popped out, the shoulders were not forthcoming. Right. And it took a whole lot of effort to get those shoulders out. Do you know how long it was between the head and the shoulders? Um, I know that it said 527. In the birth notes, it said 527 head born, 530 body born. But I don't know what the seconds were there, and I know that seconds are critical when it comes to dystocia. Um, So three minutes? Well, that was what the record said, but it could have been... Almost 528 and almost 529. You know what I mean? I don't really know yeah. how long it was. So, I mean, between Dr. Hill and Bliss, you guys have uh, trained for this eventuality. Right. And um, there must be things that you do. Is there a way to know that somebody's at greater risk for that happening? I would say so. It's basically, a shoulder dystocia does mean that the shoulder, the anterior shoulder, the one, the top shoulder, gets stuck under the pubic bone. Um, 
kind of the uh, sign that that could happen is that the labor, the, the, the pushing phase is taking a really long time. So when pushing takes kind of outside the quote unquote normal range, we start getting concerned about that. Um, it's also more common in um, for babies who are being born to moms with diabetes. Um, it's more common in for babies that have gone past their due date. Any basically any situation where the baby may be a little bigger than average, but um, lots of shoulder dysphagias also occur in normal sized babies. So it's not necessarily only related to big babies. Um, Is there something about the mother's pelvis that can lead her to you it? You know, or? yes and no. The thing about the pelvis is that it really is flexible and dynamic. If you have a great um, chiropractor. Yeah, if you have a great... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Versus somebody being really stiff. Yeah. You know, I mean, that um, if there's not as much flexibility. Um, it's also, you know, we would see it often when um, if a mom is immobilized during labor and doesn't have the opportunity to move around and allow the baby to rotate. Um, obviously, that wasn't your case because it sounded like you were... Uh, th- that party. was that you were, yeah, you were, it sounds like very active. Um, but, you know, for some moms, like if they're laying on their back the whole time and the baby can't rotate into the right position. Um, but really the big sign is that prolonged pushing phase. Mm-hmm. That's that, And that is, you know, um, shoulder dystocia is an obstetrical emergency. Um, there are a small list of bad things that can happen. Um that the baby can have nerve damage from stretching, uh, especially the nerves in the neck, and can end up paralyzed in one arm, a thing called a, um, brachial plexus palsy, um, in which they can't use their arm for their entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, they, And then the other big one is that as the baby's head is out, yet the body isn't, the baby isn't getting any oxygen. So the big concern, of course, with that is brain damage, cerebral palsy, and potentially even fetal death. So it's a, it's a significant concern. It's it's yeah, it terrifies us. What do you do when it happens? So there are certain maneuvers that we do to try to dislodge the shoulder is basically it. So um, the most common of which is something that we use is, is called McRoberts maneuver, which is where we um, have the mom go on her back. We kind of hyperflex the um, hyperflex the thighs up toward the chest. And um, that's how he was born. Yeah, to kind of really open up the pelvis. And then we just apply like a very like constant like downward traction to try to pop that shoulder out. Mm -hmm. Um, Downward traction? On the the head and the neck to kind of keep it going down to try to pop that shoulder underneath the pubic bone. And um, if that doesn't work, we try to um, turn the baby, like kind of – turn the baby one side or the other rotate. So, to rotate it, the body, so that we can try to, again, just get that shoulder out from underneath the bone. Um, and then the worst co- possible scenario is we cut open the mom's pubic bone. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is all sorts of terrible. Yeah. And I've actually never seen that before <laughs> okay. it happen in 20 years, even so, at the county hospital. So mm-hmm. <laughs> can I talk about it for just a second? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. What do we do at home? Okay. So um, it's my understanding there are different types of dystocias. The most common one is the one that Allison described. Um, and in the pelvis, the diameter between your sacrum and your pubic bone is usually more narrow than in the transverse, right? So Between like, the hips? Um, 
like cross, like diagonal. If you thought about okay. your pelvis like in the diagonal angle. You have more space there. You have more space. So what happens is the baby usually rotates after the head comes out and rotates so that its shoulders can come through that diameter. Mm. And for some reason, these babies sometimes don't. So we talk about it a lot, oftentimes about size, but it's more often about that rotation that really has Function. those shoulders get stuck. Yeah. So what we're taught in midwifery school, and please correct me if I'm wrong, mm -hmm. but I think that one of the reasons why they're so fearful of it in the hospital is because 95% of women are on an epidural. Mm -hmm. So trying to change a maternal position on someone who's an epidural is very difficult. More challenging. Yeah. So in midwifery school and, and in our learned skills, what we learn is to change the maternal position immediately. So wherever, whatever position she's in, if you change her position, oftentimes it can dislodge that shoulder and take it into that trans, the oblique, oblique. diameter. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, it, then we can just call it sticky shoulders. We're like, oh, just kind of popped out. Sticky Obviously. shoulders. Yeah. Sounds like you need some like Pam non-stick. Non <laughs> Sometimes you, you're wishing for oh, it. Some Pam right? dystocia spray. Um, it definitely sounds like in your scenario that you described it was a lot more than that because they tried to change your position a few times. Sometimes all we have to do is have a woman stand up, lift up a leg. Sometimes if they're in the tub, just getting them to step over the tub can mm. dislodge. So oftentimes you'll, you'll have that initial like – this might be a stuck baby, and then you do those things and the baby comes out. It, once you put your hands inside of a mom and try and do the maneuvers that we've been taught, um, that's when we would really consider it a true shoulder dystocia. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, you know, in terms of my learning and my experience, it's not necessarily equated to a long push. I've known lots and lots and lots of people who have had long pushes and it has not resulted in a mm -hmm. shoulder dystocia. And I've seen sticky shoulders or shoulder dystocias in a very quick delivery as well. Sometimes just that, that when babies come down really quickly, they, they didn't they rotate properly. That's yeah. what I heard well. is that it's more common if the baby's born really fast. Yeah. Because it doesn't have it time to. It just doesn't rotate at all. Right. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it should corkscrew, not right. just right. come down, but come right. down right. and rotate right. at the same time. Yeah. I, just, I just wanted to, you know. I know that that is the obstetrical training and that's kind of the fear around it. And then we end up not allowing women to push for an extended period of time because, because we believe that. Yeah. And I, I had a six-hour push one time and, and I felt that woman's band and I was like, mm -hmm. this thing's not going to ever mm. move. <laughs> and I was like, you know, thinking, wow, this is going to be interesting. And after hours – softened mm. and it melted and it you know and that's not the case for everyone mm -hmm. but it's interesting when you give the body time mm -hmm. what happens as mm -hmm. long as mom and baby are still sounding good if we if we just really allow the body to do what it's meant to do mm -hmm. the majority of the time mm -hmm. things are going to move forward what do yeah. you use to cut the pubic bone open yeah. is what's this going really <laughs> chainsaw yeah like a this really funky instrument that you don't want to see. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Really yeah. There's even, there's, so, it's, there's one last one too that I, again, I've never, well, actually, I've seen this happen one time called the Zavanelli maneuver, which is where you actually try to push the baby back oh, up. Oh, yeah. And oh, then go do a C section. Do a right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that also never ends well. That's like not a good <laughs> right, situation. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it in, you know, obviously in your case, actually, it wasn't it wasn't for lack of movement and doing all those right. things. But I think a lot of time in the hospital, I think it's more that immobility factor, mm -hmm. you know, that mm -hmm. people really get stuck. And then, you know, and, and then with an OB, it is hard to convince your OB to go past, 
you know, three hours. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be it's going to be really hard because they're just afraid. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just one of those things where is that if, if something were to happen, mm-hmm. then it would always be like, why didn't you just do a C-section? Well, you know? I think it's a, yeah. a dual fear. I see it as a dual fear. Usually she's or he or she, the obstetrician is worried about liability, which is risks mm-hmm. to the provider, right. but also medical risks. Yeah. They also want the best outcomes for the patient right. and for mm-hmm. her baby. And I mean, and a lot of people see a C-section as a perfectly fine way to have a baby. Yeah, you know what I mean? So as, it's yeah. no downside. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No downside. When it's used appropriately. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. yeah. It saves lives. So, right. Um, so the question from the OB mind is why would we even go another 20 right. minutes if we can just do the cesarean right. with no downside? Right. Yeah. Yeah. No so it's um, yeah. yeah. I'm saying in their mind, no downside. Right. Sure. Sure. But in, in your their mind, mind as a exactly. patient, there <laughs> might be a downside. Yeah. And, and long-term you know, health for the mom, there's a downside. Major yeah, sure. But that's yeah, that's something to take into account as well. Yeah, for sure. So, Ash, yeah. flash forward to uh, well, how, yeah. how old is this little guy? Gus is two and a half, and right. Odie uh, is, um, I don't know. <laughs> I she looks like at me. 11. She looks think, at well, me. Well, you were there. I think it was like 10, 11 weeks, 10 weeks ago. ago. I love you, but yeah. I don't know uh, how old your baby is. <laughs> yes. So. I don't even know what the date is today. I don't know. You are He's not like, traumatized from your birth. From my Gus From my Gus birth. From your Gus no. birth. Not traumatized. Was mm-hmm. Neil traumatized? No, nobody was. Nobody was. We felt great was about Phil it. Was Phil traumatized? Phil is still on the treadmill. Yeah, he still has issues. Now he does an hour and 20 minutes a day (laughs) on the treadmill. (laughs) I mean, Um, two hours, 120 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. It's, you know, I was an extremely well-educated home birth client. I had been studying home birth. I'd read everything. I'd attended multiple, you know, I was um, very, very well-informed. And... Considering Cedars <clears throat> was less than three miles from our house, I had had a completely normal pregnancy. I wasn't overdue. All the heart tones were good. I think the choices I made in the moment, I I didn't consider dystocia. I mean, anything could couldn't go wrong at any moment, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and in hindsight, I don't really know what I would had I if I'd known I was going to have a dystocia, would I have had a home birth? No. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think I would rather have been in the hospital with a dystocia. At the same time, I think Gus would have been taken to the NICU just for policy reasons, and I I wouldn't have been able to hold him for like four days. You know, and that would have been a huge bummer for all of us um, because he was completely fine after the dystocia. Um, we did some cranial sacral stuff just for fun. Um, oh, but that's always was... fun. <laughs> but you said so if you knew it was going to be a dystocia that you probably would not have done a home birth. Right, but there's no way to know ahead of time if it's a dystocia. Right, so that brings me back to mm-hmm. your second pregnancy, well, your, your yeah. second child. And... Yeah, so we, we opted to do a hospital birth the second time because um, there was a, a – and this is a quote, zero to 25% chance of a recurring shoulder dystocia, <laughs> um, which was a sort of an infuriating statistic. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but you know, um, I didn't want another dystocia, and I would have happily done a C-section. By the way, if I had had any kind of issue, I don't have anything against C-sections. That's great. I'm so glad we had the option. I think that's a miracle. Sure. Um, and uh, and I also, by the way, the people who spend, like, ages you know, going through school to perfect them and be able to deliver them <laughs> exactly. in a gentle way. I mean, just because it's a absolutely. cesarean doesn't mean it can't be a gentle birth. Right. It's oh, all absolutely. a magical think, moment as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So, 
Oh my god, are you so hungry? Did that just come out on the Does anyone have a power bar? Wait a second, but Dr. Hill's stomach has a thing or two to say. Gus isn't here anymore. I know. Poor thing. We should get another mic. Yeah. What was funny was I didn't I didn't really know um, how serious the dystocia was until I started meeting with OBs for my second pregnancy. And they asked me if I'd had any issues with the first. And I said, well, he had a little trouble coming out, but he was great. And pregnancy was totally normal. Everything was great. And, you know, and they said, well, was it a dystocia? And I said, yeah. And um, the fir- one of the first OBs I met with in Manhattan, we'd moved to Manhattan. Um, and... Uh, He's a very, very famous OB, and I'm not going to say his name, but... But it rhymes with... No, no I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, but he's very, very well known for being, you know, option-friendly, is what I call it, where you just, he's aware, he wants to inform the women of all of their options. He's not big on intervention, et cetera. And, and I said, well, do you think, you know, do you think the dystocia is, you know, an issue? And he said, to be honest, I can't believe you had the balls to get pregnant again. Whoa. Yeah, it was a big it was a big moment that he said that to me, you know, and he wow. said, well, why can't take you as my client unless you're going to do a scheduled C-section? He said, that's just not the practice I have here. And I said, you, you're you're the most liberal. You're the option you're the guy. Most, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, is, that, and he said, is that the normal? I mean, is that what's typically done? You know, I don't I don't think so. I mean, I think the thing about second birth is that it's so different than from the first time. You know, it's yeah. like if it somehow came out the first time, it's probably going to come out the second time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've had patients who've had a dystocia and have requested a C-section the sure. second time, but I don't know that that's necessarily the standard just to do that. So you wouldn't um, necessarily urge them to have this. I would more say let's follow your labor and if it goes off track – you know, Be off open. the normal, quote unquote, um, then we'll consider it, you know. So this is what's amazing about you and amazing <laughs> about you. But, I mean, considering you work in a hospital, very well-known, amazing hospital, um, I went I went to seven different OBs in Manhattan, and I couldn't get anyone to say those words to me. Really? Yeah. I mean, I just feel like, like to me, the greatest patient ever is the second time. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. what's that, right? I mean, once mm-hmm. that path has been carved, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And my, you Beth, are Beth Cannon, golden. Who was my, I mean, my midwife, the first time Beth Cannon said to me, you have a proven pelvis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't let anyone try to tell you you don't. Right. A baby's gone through there already. I mean, the second time around, it is night and day. Mm-hmm. I, well, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I'll have to wait and see what was the outcome That's the second right. time. <laughs> oh, you don't know. No. I don't know. We inquiring my <laughs> Um, <laughs> Bliss knows. This Bliss is, this was is, there. But that was in. Oh yeah, go ahead. I just want to interject because it's on my mind. Is like mm-hmm. we have been trained, OBs and midwives, we're s- trained to handle the emergencies because women are mammals and we're designed to have babies with no one around. I mean, mm-hmm. that's our design. We had babies for ever before mm-hmm. the medical, you know. Uh, field intervened, right, mm-hmm. and, and became involved. So we're, we're trained to be able to help mothers and babies when there's an issue. So we're trained in dystocias. We're trained in hemorrhages. We're trained in these things so that if things do go off course, we can support you with that. So, you know, 
we don't ever expect in a, I mean, we expect, we prepare for, but we go in thinking most of the time everything's fine. And if something goes off course, we have the skills to be able to manage it. Well, usually I think so, if something goes off course, you have time to transport. But you're saying no, something no, goes no. off that's, course that's, at the that's, end. That's not necessarily true about a home birth. That's saying that midwives don't do anything, right? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that midwives don't do anything. I'm saying that midwives, when you're in the middle of a labor yeah. and you see things turning pink flag, do you stay home and see if that's going to turn into a red flag? No, or no, do you no, transport? no. But in a dystocia, you don't have time. But and that's in what I'm saying. When time. things come up at the very end, right. but that's rare. Is yeah. is my point? Yes. And and when things come up in the middle, then you transport, which is what makes home birth safe. You yes. don't stick around waiting to see. Let's see. You know, roll no. the dice and see how this is going to go. Exactly. But with a dystocia, you don't have the time, right. but you have the training. Right. But all I'm, I think I just wanted to say is that that's our job. That's what you hire us for: is to be prepared to know these things, to have the skills, to to implement them, and step in and use our skills when these very, you know, slim chances come up that we need to use our skills, but we have them so that we can support people in these in these situations. I mean, when so we had our home birth, our midwives came in. I, I thought I was watching an episode of MASH. They came in with all these duffel bags <laughs> of medical equipment with the right. Red Plus on right. it. Right. I was like, where's the chopper? That's what we studied for. So anyway, uh, second birth. So, but you went through seven OBs in New York. In Manhattan. And I, I can't believe he used that terminology. I can't believe you had the balls to get pregnant again. It was awful. Because yeah. um, I, maybe I could believe if he said that to Neil. yeah well yeah I mean so finally you know when I was obviously I was going you know Abby Epstein is a friend and she was like here are the people you need to go meet with these are these are our people you know and and they all they all basically said we got to schedule a c-section too risky too risky Mm -hmm. and then I met Sylvia Blaustein um, in Manhattan and she said what Dr. Hill said she said I think we got to feel it out um, and we got to see how it's going, and we're going to have to make a game day decision, mm-hmm. um, which is all that I was looking for. I was looking for options, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, I I was put on a very 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 strict diet. Um, I basically only ate protein and vegetables. I had no fruit. I had no. Is this rice. so the baby will be smaller? The how big was, was Gus? Gus was eight eight. Okay. Um, the hope was that um, we would build a small baby from the bones. So that started at like four and a half months, four and a half, five months. I was, I had no rice. I had no potatoes. I had no bananas. I had no, <laughs> no I was so I sort awful. of feel like I should try the dystocia diet. Yeah. Which is that, I'm just saying. The just anti-dystocia <laughs> diet. <laughs> Recommend it. I no. don't right. It was miserable. Um, I was a big, huge grump. It was like just peanut butter and carrots, you know. It was mm-hmm. just terrible. Um, and then when I was six months pregnant, I'd only gained four pounds. Wow. Um, so they were like, no, eat more. <laughs> like, don't be crazy. And then, of course, I was like, okay. And I gained 10 pounds in a month. And they were like, stop <laughs> eating. And I was like, no. So I had to go back on it. Um, so uh, anyway, um, then uh, – then I, my husband got a job in Hawaii, and that sort of obliterated the <laughs> Blaustein plan. But before that, um, I came in for one of my prenatals with Dr. Blaustein, um, who's an incredible midwife in Manhattan. 
And she said, so, you know, I know we're doing the trial of labor, but I do need you to sign this um, this thing that says that we've advised you to have a C-section, but that you're declining a C-section. Oh, um, even though she didn't advise you to have a C-section. That's right. And uh, And I said, what in the... What? She said, well, you know, I work under this doctor and he needs you to sign this. But I'm going to let you have a trial of labor. But you have to sign this thing saying that we don't think you should have a trial of labor. And I was like, I can't sign that. No. Do you want me to have a C-section? Because if you want me to have a C-section, I need to go home and consider that because that's valid. If if my care provider is does not think that a trial of labor is safe, legally or otherwise, I I need to consider that seriously, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and then luckily, two days later, my husband announced that the family was being transferred to Hawaii to make a movie. <laughs> and I was like, great, peace out, New York, because this is not where I want to have a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to an amazing little, amazing Castle Medical Center, it's called, in Oahu. If, in Oahu, if anybody needs um, care there, they were incredible. There's a whole midwifery team there, and they were really excited about the dystocia. And they were like, we're great. We know how to do dystocia. And it's scary, but it's but we know what we're doing, and this is going to be great. And um, and then my my husband's movie fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my God. The adventure continues. What week was that that you moved back to LA? It was 30, I was like 35 weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my God. And, and, and what week did you move to, to Hawaii? Airline. We moved to Hawaii <laughs> when I was, I don't know, seven months or something. We went to so Hawaii. It's like 28, somewhere 20. Oh no, 30. I was 32 weeks when we arrived in Hawaii and I was 35 weeks when we left. Okay. And then um, why did you come to Los Angeles? I came to LA because Dr. Um, Goldberg was here. Mm hmm. That's his name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You guys, it's a lot. Um, yeah, <laughs> mommy so brain is real. It's. I well, it's mean, not like I, you spent a whole pregnancy with him. I mean, I don't want to like. I feel like anti-feminist saying mommy brain, but like, kind of, it's kind of true. I hear you. Um, so yeah, I get, it's kind of true. Um, I also think mommies are the most brilliant, smart on their game people. So that's why I say, you know, I don't want to say that I'm like a dumb dumb, but I just I don't remember anything. So um, <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm concentrating on naps and breast milk and all that. So I came to L.A. Um, and the first thing I did was I texted you and I said, Dr. Goldberg famously is not scared of dystocia. He knows exactly what to do. So what you said or what I said? I knew that. Oh, you already knew that. I don't remember how. Um, but I said, I got to get Goldberg to be my OB and I knew you guys were buds. And I was like, I need you to text him right now and tell him to take my case because the lady was super nice, but she was like, you're 35 weeks. Oh, I don't, when you called his office, I called his yeah. office and she was like, we're super booked. And I was like, no, <laughs> I'm really fun. I was like, write this down, write down. I'm really fun. <laughs> He's going to love me and my labor's going to go so fast and we're going to have the best time ever. I was like, please write that down. She was like, okay. And then I. I texted you and I was like, you got to You got to call him and tell him that he has to take me. And within two hours, you wrote back and you were like, he's taking your case. And then I just started crying. Um, So, yeah. And then I heard about Bliss through the grapevine because I'd heard about monetary services. And I was really excited about that Um, because, again, I was a little scared about prodromal. But also, you know, I was also kind of scared about precipitous birth. I was like, I don't know, second baby, who knows, you know. So So just in English, afraid it might go too slow or too fast. Yeah, Yeah. I'm afraid of everything. Right. Um, I'm afraid of dystocia. I'm afraid, you know. So, um, 
And Mona Therese is basically a midwife or a nurse who can support you at home and then help you be at the hospital. Like but she can monitor mm-hmm. you, though. So she, she can, can monitor she can your cervix. She can monitor everything. your baby. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's when Bliss and I teamed up. And it was love at first phone call. And I was. was like, you're amazing. We're done. I'm hiring you. Bye. I'll see you in two days when I arrive in L.A. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, and you came over and I just like cried and told you I was terrified. And, you know, I think I was scared at that point. I'd had so much advice telling me that a trial of labor was crazy. Um, but I knew, you know, I said, listen, I'm not a crazy person. If I'm if I'm overdue, if my baby's me- measuring enormous, if I push for more than 30 minutes, I'm done. Yeah, Let's true. just go into surgery. Okay. I'm done. I don't have yeah. anything to prove. But there, I do feel like. There's a chance, a very good chance, that this baby could fly out of me and then we'd have no surgery. We'd have no one in the NICU. We'd have no, you know, we'd have, it would be, it would be awesome. Well, based on the numbers you were quoted, it sounds like you had a 75 to 100% chance. Right. That, that's the trippy thing. Right. You know, and when I, when I looked through those studies, it was, you know, the, it's like your numbers increase if you're overdue, if your baby's measuring big. If you've pushed for for six for you know more than two hours, if there's a turtle sign, your chance of having a dystocia goes up. Like <laughs> right. if you're having a dystocia, your chances of having a dystocia go <laughs> up. Go like it's just, yeah. the statistics are so weird. And and listen, I you know I was and I have nothing against C-section. I was all for it. You know, um, if I needed it. But mm-hmm. I was like, what if I don't need it? Yeah. Then we're doing unnecessary surgery, and it's super hard on all of us. And and let's just see. Let's just see. And Dr. Goldberg met so with I you. So I went into Goldberg, and he was like, first of all, you're going to be fine. You're going to have a dystocia. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, I'm going to get my hands in there, and I'm going to maneuver the shoulders, mm-hmm. and you're going to be fine. And he he wasn't scared. Confident. And I was when like, you came out of his visit, you sounded on cloud nine. You just was, sounded like excited. It was like coming home. Yeah, because you've been you'd spent thirty something weeks trying to find support, and, and you I just was came scared. out of there. And being with, being with a care provider, he's an extremely confident individual, mm-hmm. and as a care, it carries through to his to him as a as a doctor. And I needed that, and I trusted him immediately. And I have feelings about a hospital birth. Mm-hmm. It's I, I I didn't love it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I didn't love the prenatal meetings. My prenatal meetings with. With Beth Cannon's crew, with Laura Monroe and Julie yeah. Anderson, they were two hours long. They were childbirth education for mm-hmm. two straight hours. Now, listen, second time around, I kind of don't, don't need, I don't need it all, but yeah. but it, I definitely was like, oh, this is a four-minute meeting with my OB. Remember okay. when I had you go to that uh, chick for internal body work? Oh, my God, Priya. Priya. She came on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day. gave me a vaginal massage for yeah. an hour and a half. That was cannot the- <laughs> recommend enough, ladies. I, I'm already signed up. Seriously. Yeah. Good. Oh, you I'm are? glad. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. I was like, what do you need? What do you need? She was like, just put a towel down, take your clothes off. I was like, well, let's go. <laughs> um, because afterwards I said, how'd it go? And you're like, best Mother's Day ever. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. I had a lot of fear that my pelvis was was dysfunctional mm-hmm. when it came to birthing. Right. And I was worried I was locked up. And mm-hmm. I, we had had an extremely intense, my mother died when I was five months pregnant. And we had, I had had a lot of trauma. You know, we had, Gus got burned. We were in the, it, there was all kinds of things went wrong during my pregnancy. And I was scared that 
tension had lo- was locked locked yeah. me up, and I believe in that. Well, and also all the people telling you that you shouldn't do it. That was I mean, big. I'm sure that you know emotionally is you're carrying that somewhere. That was big. You know? Yeah. So yeah, so I did a lot to prepare. I came to you a lot. I hired Priya, who did a lot of like releasing sort yeah. of in my pelvis. And so I can release your pelvis from the outside. Yeah, the muscles she was and releasing bones from of your, the Yeah, and that's why I recommended that is because I can't get to your pelvic floor. Right. And if it's really stiff and rigid, it makes sense that it would it could slow things down for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to tell you, she told me that she didn't do much. Really? Yeah, because you were a lot more relaxed than you assumed, but it gave you the confidence totally. to have someone evaluate you and say, you're good. You're right. okay. Yeah. Okay. As soon as her fingers, she put a glove on, her fingers <laughs> were up, were inside me, and she said, you're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. I can feel there's a lot of space in here. And I immediately mm-hmm. went, oh, thank God. <laughs> that, and I, yeah, I mean, and just that having alone, that confidence, that I think, alone. is such an important thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had patients tell me... Um, Oh, the first time I went to a gynecologist, like they're not even pregnant yet. Mm-hmm. The first time I went to a gynecologist, they told me that I'm going to have a hard time having a baby. Mm-hmm. You know what so I mean? Mm-hmm. Or they'll say like, this. your pelvis is tilted, your, mm-hmm. your, you know, your hips are so small. Like you're, and, and the, those seeds get planted in people like decades that, before I they think even. That translates into real tension. I think it does I really too. Do. I think it's such a disservice. And, and doctors, I think, say it's so. Um, it's so flip to them. Like, mm-hmm. oh, your pelvis is so tiny. You'll never have a baby. Neck gets locked and you're in your just head. like, totally. then you're like living that for mm-hmm. the rest of your life. You mm-hmm. know, it, and I've had patients tell me that as they're in labor, like, totally. you know, I, I knew I'd never be able to do it or, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh my gosh, the confidence is just gone. Yeah. Well, I mean, my intern has said I have great hips for birthing. Yeah. <laughs> so I've never been worried about you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I've never had a dystocia. Yeah, so see? It see, must only, be true. If only I had that. So how did your birth go? So it was good. Yeah? It was fun. <laughs> I mean, it's also, it started like, a, with water it's also like a living nightmare, but, you know, it was great. Um, I mean, just giving birth is just so radical and crazy. And mm-hmm. Did you make a new playlist? I mean, that's sort of important. I used the same playlist. You did? Okay. It worked. So, that's awesome. Yeah. So you I was in the library. I on like Pandora. Sure. Like the childbirth. Oh, Ashley's childbirth yeah. mix. Yeah. That's not a bad idea. It's going to be popular. Pandora, get in touch with me on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so I, uh, yeah, so I was in the um, library and I sneezed. And I was like in the children's section. And I sneezed and I felt something kind of go like I, I don't know but I, I had had a very weak um, I'd been sort of like peeing in my pants since I had was maybe five months just sort of like a weak pelvic floor so I wasn't I felt something but I was like oh, I probably peed a little who knows and, um, and then I got in the car and I kind of felt it again and I was like I think it's possible my water broke but I'm not sure and I wasn't feeling anything but I couldn't tell it was a it was a leak just a, a leak if anything and you know, and I was like, I know that it can reseal, and I know that, you know, and it's, and I was early, I was 11, it was 11 days early or something, right? I don't know. <laughs> She's like, it's not my job. So, um, <laughs> I was early. So, uh, so anyway, I went home, and, and I was starving. Again. Star, could have a kind of thing where you, you eat, and you're so full, and then you're like, I think I need a power bar. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's like, bin, like binge level. I just could not stop eating. Um, and I, and I think I texted you and I said, something's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was just feeling things, but I wasn't really sure. And I went for a walk with my girlfriend from college and I kept 
stopping during the walk to be like, God, I just feel like I want to puke. <laughs> but it's not a contraction, but it's just life is just getting me right now. And then I'd be fine. But it was kind of like an emotional contraction or something, you know. And then um, I went to bed and at like 4 a.m. I woke up to eat and uh, I was just hungry. And I had to write. It was my husband's birthday and I had to write him a card. And so I sat down to write the card and amniotic fluid started leaking all over the little cushion that I was sitting on. And so I wrote him this card and I just said, say bye bye to your birthday, buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you got company. You got a you know? Yeah, for the rest of your life, you're going to have the same birthday as your son. Um, anyway, and then I texted birth because I really wanted to confirm that my water had broken. Bliss. Or birth. Oh, what did I say? You said birth. You texted birth. I texted birth. Yeah. That was kind of what I did. I sometimes Snapchat birth. <laughs> I texted Bliss, and um, so she came over and confirmed um, that it had broken. Mm-hmm. And and then I said, okay, well, I just don't want Pitocin. So now I just want to be in labor. So let's walk. I'm going to walk. I'm going to, you know, do everything. Uh, I don't think I went to acupuncture. I think I, I texted Jason yeah. and asked if I could come in and he was booked or something. I yeah. can't remember what it was. But I started walking a lot and I was just, you know, I just did not want pit. Um, so Because no contractions yet. No contractions, mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. So I was like walking and my husband really wanted to go to this reading of our friend's script. And so he went to that and I pretended it wasn't happening but also was like, let's go. And um, – then I think contraction started around like 1 p.m. And then at like 2, I was like, I think I'm going to die. And Bliss was like, great, I'm going to come. <laughs> and my, that's my cue. Yeah, <laughs> she showed up and I was um, like moaning like a horse. Like I sounded like a horse. <laughs> like a woman in labor. Like a woman in labor. <laughs> right. But I, I was like not – like my eyes weren't focusing and I kept being like, oh my God, my eyes are doing this thing where it was like, it was like this, where I was like not in my, I was just on a whole other level. Labor land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, I, I think I need you to check me because this feels real. And again, if I'm only one centimeter, I got to go. Um, Why well, I need an epidural because this is inhuman what this fe- is feeling. It's like I'm being cut in half with a chainsaw for, for a minute every three minutes and I'm dying um and I was and so Bliss checked me which is the benefit of a monetary service um she checked me right there on my bed and I was seven centimeters right yeah mm-hmm. and I was like let's roll girls <laughs> let's go um so I and then it really ratcheted up yeah. once I knew I was seven I was like Come on, baby. Yeah. I can't wait to meet you. Let's go. So then I had like three contractions from my bed to the car. Oh, wow. Um, And I, yeah, and Gus was there. And Gus was like, Mommy, <laughs> are you going to have the baby right now? And I was like, stop. <laughs> I mean, I was honking. It was the most crazy sounds coming out of me. And um, but I didn't want to scare him. I was like, I'm fine. Honk. You know? And uh, so we got in the car and... And I was like, I'm, I need to face backwards in the front seat. And then I, I like flip myself and I started to reach for the seatbelt and I go, this feels very unsafe. So I flip back around and I put my seatbelt on and I just was like this, wow. you know, um, just sort of holding myself suspended because the pressure was so intense. And um, I couldn't sit. I couldn't sit. 
Um, and Bliss said, but Bliss had told me that he was a little high. Were you Maybe in the car too? Me. No, she took her own car. Oh, took my, I followed closely. Trailing yeah. behind. I followed closely. <laughs> yeah. Just in case. But I wasn't pushing. Nope. I wasn't like pushing with my moans. I was just in pain. Very active labor. Yeah. Yeah. And then we got into the parking garage and miraculously found each other because I think we told you to park in the wrong place. Or well, I, I think I told you guys place. to walk up, right? And you said to walk I up. Said but walk we found up. you in the parking garage. Mm-hmm. And I basically just hopped from car to car, <laughs> car hood. It was like I was like I want the Mercedes, and I would go <laughs> flat, like flap to flop down on the you know hood of the Mercedes and have a contraction, and then get up again and walk another ten feet and flop down on another hood of a car. And then we got in the elevator and we went up, and I flopped down on the desk on the third floor and labor delivery at Cedars. And the woman goes, "Who is this?" <laughs> and uh, I was like, "Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "This is Ashley, and she's in labor." And she was like, "I need your I don't really insurance remember this. card. I need your insurance card." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she was like, "Just go to room seven. And I was like, "Does it have a window?" You know, <laughs> she the important put me stuff. In um, I just remember just slo- the amniotic fluid was just sloshing in my flip flops because they had like divots. <laughs> And I was like, this is disgusting. And <laughs> this nurse was like, grabbed me and was like, it's not disgusting. It's it's amniotic fluid. And I was like, it's squishing in between my toes. I'm not, it's disgusting. And I was like, ugh. And we, I got in, we I flapped down on the bed. And, and then I think we found out that Dr. Goldberg was stuck in like a, like a parent's night at his school. Oh. And, <laughs> and you oh, should have no. seen the, the residents' faces. So, oh, everybody was terrified because then they looked at my – you weren't. Yes. I was, and I'm like, I'll I don't know what baby. Neil was doing. <laughs> yeah. I'll catch this baby. Well, yeah. Yeah. And uh, – well, because they said – I said, you know, the previous birth was a dystocia and um, – or somebody said that. And then, you know, I don't really remember, but there was a lot of fear around that. And they immediately Not from you, were from the from the hospital staff. You're saying? Well, I think Did I you get afraid? was started to get scared at that yeah. point. I wonder. You were pretty deep in your trance. Yeah, and I it, I really uh, I was very protective. I kind of got up on the bed with you and I was just you like did. hovering around her, like we we got this, you know, just really trying to protect the energy. So I don't think you were super aware that he wasn't at one point that one we were lady, wor- when, like, how long is it going to take him? to Right. Get but yeah. one one of the nurses said, "How long was your last dystocia?" Oh, yeah. And I looked at her and I was like, "I don't, I can't talk, I can't talk about it right now." <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. what a good time for a conversation. A few people asked about the last experience, and it was like, I don't. I was see literally how that's like, is it not right in now? the notes? Like, yeah. go right, read right. the notes. What are we? To- yeah, let's you not know, relive that right, right now. Right, and totally exactly. take the focus not, off of yeah. what's going on here. It was a dystocia. Like, be prepared for a dystocia, and. And then they were like, well, Dr. Goldberg said a thing. And I was like, all right. And, and so then the, the resident came in and she was very sweet, but she looked like 11 years old to me, which I know <laughs> is like a joke that people say, but like she, she looked, really looked, like she, looked she looked really young. And I was like, she's way too cute. I, <laughs> you know, what are we doing? And she was like, do you think you can wait? He's like eight minutes out. Can you wait? And I was like, I'm not. Do-. I remember saying, I'm not doing this. I'm not in control of this. This is I'm on a train and it's going and I don't have I don't I don't know, you know. Um, and she left and she came back in, in head to toe, <laughs> like it was like um, she looked like an exterminator. Hazmat. Yeah, and she had mm-hmm. um, she had this she visor. She's the beekeeper. <laughs> yeah, she looked on. like a beekeeper. And she had this thing and she had gloves and 
and she just she walked in and she goes I'm prepared to deliver your baby and I looked her up and down and I go where I yelled out where is the midwife on call and I was like Bliss is here I was just like no way like no way is she going to deliver my baby no freaking way she's too scared and she's finding it too fascinating with the outfit you know what I mean like she has an outfit and I just couldn't handle that anyway I don't remember but at one point you whispered in my ear Dr. Goldberg just got here and I just went oh thank god and then he literally was just like, all right, let's do this. And I, like, opened up my legs and I was like, I really think I need an epidural or a C-section because I can't do this. And he said, um, he said, okay, well, I can see the baby's head. Um, and I said, it's my right to have a, a C-section. Um, I'm not – I can't do it. Like, I, that was when the fear – took hold because I I was getting so close to having to push and I was so scared that if I pushed I was gonna hurt the baby yeah and I and I my body didn't want to do it um totally crying I'm such a freaking actress I was like don't cry um (laughs) you're not gonna cry (laughs) I was a soap actress whatever it's um it was really emotional because because I was like my body is so powerful that I think I might hurt this baby you know, um, and it was sort of like the awe of the push and how the push was I could feel the push like this crazy, strong current um, that that was violent, it was like a violent push. And and I was like, it's going to hurt him, you know, and um, and he was like, look at me. You're fine. If if you put he goes, he's going to be here in 90 seconds. Um, but you got to push. And I was like, I don't want to. And he said, he said, look at me. You're fine. I've got you. And and right then a contraction was coming and I just went for it. And he was like, that was piddly. No. <laughs> he was like, I really mean it. <laughs> he was like, you're still, you're still like um, holding, holding holding back. back yeah. you know? And I was like, well, I'm scared. And he was like, stop it. Go. And I went from sort of my depths, you know. And I think that he came out, right? It was, At pretty, that point. It was a pretty easy push. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't I mean, it do, yeah. for you, I get that it was It was a lot. But in terms of, like, us that see a lot of births and all of it the wasn't concern, like, your baby came out fairly. Very easily. Yeah. There was no stickiness. No. There was no nothing. No, yeah. no, no. He kind of flew. So you went from the six-hour pushing to the one-minute pushing. One I think I pushed three times. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was really beautiful. Wow. <laughs> And that's what I mean, you and that and you know I was so happy that you got to have that experience so that you could it was you know, extremely reclaim healing. your body yeah it was extremely healing and um and when he was on my chest I just kept saying like is this real yeah <laughs> why was that so easy <laughs> yeah totally and also like ten months of fear yeah you know like just so much fear over in about a minute and a half and I just kept <laughs> saying is this really happening and. Looking down at his wrinkly white <laughs> body, and and he and then he started crying, mm. and I just grabbed Neil, who I wanted nothing to do with during my labor. I was like super annoyed by him. <laughs> Love my husband, super annoyed by him when I was in labor. I don't know why. I just wanted bliss. Um, 
But I just grabbed him and I just kept saying, Neil, 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 <laughs> Neil, 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 you know. It was awesome. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy yeah. birthday, Odie. And that's when Odie and was Neil. born. And Neil. And Neil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> so that was it. Oh, my God. So it was true. Like, the second time was... Flew out. Yeah. All See? good. Yeah. <laughs> Which was my experience, too, by the way. I, I mean, it's always my experience. Yeah, I I mean, have, I, your I mean, personal experience? My personal experience. With your birth. I didn't have a dystocia, but I did get... I did push for five hours. I transported to the hospital... Had a uh, forcep delivery, so you know I got an assisted delivery, yeah. and I, I remember that feeling of feeling like it was gonna history was gonna repeat itself. And that moment, you know, trauma lives in our body, and no matter how much we prepare and how much we think think that we've gotten it out of the way, that moment of truth when you're right at that same moment that the trauma happened last yeah. time, yeah. you have to be able to walk through that. I got goosebumps, and then. You get to experience yourself and birth yeah. and all of that from a completely different perspective. So, yeah, it's beautiful. It I had a awesome. two and a half hour labor with Your my second one, and my first one was thirty six hours no and five hours mm-hmm. of pushing. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally different experience. Mm-hmm. But that's interesting. They're kind of similar. Yeah. Your first long, second, yeah. Yeah. Well, you got me a little teary eyed. Um, <laughs> it could just be this menthol blower, but. Uh, <laughs> Hey, I've used that. Uh, so yeah, we all Don't do. knock it. <clears throat> um, all right. That's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I know. That's great. It's so personal. Awesome. Oh, good. Good. It's inspiring, you know. Um, I think the recurring message all the way throughout is that you you have choices. And 0 to 25%, it's hard to make a decision for somebody on that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that really ends up being your choice. Absolutely. A trial of labor was important to me, but that's coming back around to my first point is sometimes when you know a lot, um, it's more scary because I think if I um, if I didn't know anything, I would just say, oh, let's just have a C-section. You know, I, I wouldn't know about the risks of a C-section and the disadvantages of a C-section. Um, but knowing that I would love to avoid a C-section if possible actually made for a really long, hard pregnancy, you know, when normally I think I probably just would have scheduled a C-section, but I wouldn't have had that incredible birth experience. I mean, I think the moral of the story is it's sometimes good to have a crappy acting here and your agent drops you. (laughs) (laughs) You become a doula. doula. (laughs) Totally. Totally. All right. We've come long. Thank you so much for coming, Ashley, and sharing um, your story. Where can we find each of you guys online? Anybody? (laughs) I don't really do. I'm so bad at social media. No, yeah. I am. It's um, I'm on Instagram. It's I'm the Smash. I am the, the smash? smash. Oh, okay, that's you. <laughs> it's dumb. That's I gotta change it. Oh, but I want to know the story behind that another time. Yeah. Smash <laughs> totally, I know. I'm um, the Smash, and I'm Birthing Bliss. So you can find me on Instagram and um, B L Y S S. B L Y S S. Thank mm-hmm. you. And birthing birthingbliss.com um, and also on Facebook. Maybe that's why. Oh, birthingbliss.com on and Facebook at birthing bliss. Yeah. Maybe that's why Ashley texted birth. Because you're Maybe. birthing bliss. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Went through my contact list. And um, your book, Doctor Hill, your pregnancy, your way, everything you need to know about natural pregnancy and childbirth is a great book. I started recommending it to everybody. In fact, people pick it up in the waiting room. 
<laughs> and they get upset that we only have like four or five minutes of wait time. I'm like, no, this is a really good book. Like, oh, that's nice to hear. I'm still waiting for my coffee. I know. Mm. If I would have known you were here, I would have just brought it along. <laughs> Go buy the book. I know. And I have your stuff sitting right there next to a book. Aww. And I like, I'm trying to figure out an envelope. <laughs> You're so cute. So I'll so come and get it. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening to the Informed Pregnancy Podcast. Share us with your friends and visit us online for access to our blog documentaries and other pregnancy and parenting resources at informedpregnancy.com. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a whole lot of questions for you. This kid's gonna test my will. I got a lot to learn and my baby. This episode is sponsored by an innovative product that's made a big difference for parents and babies alike, Dr. Mom Butt Balm. As a parent of four, I've had my fair share of battles with diaper rash, often resorting to thick, unpleasant pastes. I only recently discovered Dr. Mom Butt Balm, and I was immediately impressed by its pleasant consistency and ease of application. This pediatric-approved skin protectant is free from dyes, preservatives, and zinc oxide, making it perfect for your baby's sensitive skin. It's designed by a doctor who's also a mom, ensuring your little one gets the gentlest care. A small dab is all it takes to soothe and protect, avoiding the mess and hassle of traditional treatments. With ingredients like dimethicone and petrolatum, Dr. Mom Butt Balm not only soothes, but also restores your baby's delicate skin. Available on Amazon.com and Walmart.com, it's the smart choice for every parent wanting to keep diaper rash at bay. Remember, with Dr. Mom Butt Bomb, nothing comes between you and your baby. Not even diaper rash.